Final seconds of the game. A chance to score and the chance has gone begging. If your business's commerce platform keeps missing the target on golden opportunities, get the MVP you deserve. Get Shopify. <laughs> Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're a garage entrepreneur or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool that you need to start, run, and grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. So whether you're selling signed football boots from Shopify's in-person POS system or you're vending vintage shirts on Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform, you are covered. And once you've reached your audience, Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout to help you turn them from browsers to buyers. What I love about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US. And Shopify is truly a global force, powering Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across over 170 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ranks, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com forward slash ranks to take your business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash ranks. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Hello, this is international football commentator Derek Ray, and you're listening to the Ranks FC podcast. Rank Squad and welcome to Ranks FC where we're coming at you with a little bit of the breaking news of the day as Mauricio Pochettino looks set to become the new Chelsea manager in a turn up for the books. My name is Jack Collins and I'll be your host today and I'm joined by our transfer guru Mr Dean Jones. How you doing mate? Hello mate. Yep all good mate. Yeah all good and of course our rank god Mr Sam Tai. How you doing? How come he gets introduced first this week? Yeah, well, oh, yeah. I thought he was the man coming with the breaking news. So I thought we'd go to Dean first and then uh, then you'd, you'd get to have a little analysis on it. So, well, you know, sometimes we're uh, just mixing it up, you know. Off to a, off to a bad start for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, all righty. Right, DJ, what can you tell us? Mauricio Pochettino is reported to be close to signing as the new Chelsea manager. I don't think, I don't think it wasn't coming. It's not one of those things you're like, wow, that's completely out of the blue. 
But there was a part of me that thought, nah, he won't take that. This is a man that, you know, has always said that he'd never take the Barcelona job because of his links to Espanyol because he doesn't feel the same loyalty to Tottenham Hotspur. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I am still surprised that we are in this situation because of the Tottenham links. But, um, you know, this is this is the way football works. Sometimes these decisions come around and once Nagelsmann was off the table and they, they turned away from Luis Enrique... Um, Yes, it is the one that, that makes sense. And I think that there are quite a few reasons that Chelsea are excited about this. Like we've got to remember that like this isn't the first time that his name has been on the table to, and been discussed as an option. The last time um, this rumour came around, I mean, Potter was still in the job. And I think that that didn't really suit Pochettino to jump into uh, you know, a time when they already had a manager in place. Right now, there's a vacant seat there. They're waiting to find out what happens next. They've just had a squad rebuild. Um, they've got a lot of good talent there. And Pochettino's been asked for his assessments on it, been asked to what his vision would be of it. And they've told him what their sight was of where things were heading in an ideal world. Um, and I'm told that like the two married up pretty well, like the, that everything seemed to make sense. And actually, Chelsea had some respect for the fact that Pochettino didn't just jump into it last time, but... He did calm their nerves over, you know, why why wouldn't have been interested in this job before, but he was now. It was basically, well, there's, there's a job there for me right now. I can actually see it. I can see now how this opens up for me and I can see the project clearly. So, you know, this is a man that obviously burned in his last job at PSG. Um, he's taken some time out since then, not rushed into any of the other jobs that he's been linked to, which is, again, admirable maybe. Um, it's been quite a long time. Uh, we'll let Sam dig into that in a minute. But also from a Tottenham point of view, like, sorry, from a Chelsea point of view, I'm going to do that. I keep doing that every time I talk about Pochettino. I keep saying Tottenham instead of Chelsea. This is going to take a while to get out of my system. But from a Chelsea point of view, they'll think, okay, we obviously can't carry on the spending spree, right? We have spent a lot of money. We haven't got value for that yet. But Look at what Pochettino's done in the past, particularly at Tottenham. He didn't have money to spend at Tottenham. He had to deal with what he had in front of him. And he dealt very well with it, most, you know, to get to a Champions League final the way he did. And his worry at the end of the Tottenham was like, I don't see the vision. I don't see where this is going. And it's been proven to be true. They haven't strengthened properly and the places weren't there. Chelsea, that's not going to be the case. The ambition is matched. And I think that Chelsea will want to go out there and disrupt a bit more. I don't think that they're finished in, in the transfer market. I think that they're going to have to take a little step back because, you know, no European football obviously means that you've got to be careful on the back of the financial outlay that you've just made. But Pochettino knowing that this is not a club that is going to stand still like Daniel Levy did. This is just not the same situation at all. The Chelsea players are really excited on the whole to, to have Pochettino coming in. I've got a lot of friends that are Chelsea season ticket holders and I was like, oh, I wonder what they feel about this. They all love it. They're yeah. all absolutely on board with, with Pochettino coming in. And I think what's really good too is for the emerging talent in this Chelsea team, this is a guy that you really, really know is going to give you the time of day and actually respect your path into first-team football. Um, whether it's Noni Madweke, whether it's uh, Omeka, whether all, all these guys that they've, they've just brought through as project players, but also those that are already in the academy or have broken through the academy and want to stay part of it, maybe a Levi Colwell. I think all of these players will now have much more optimism about a future at Chelsea. Still big decisions going to have to be made over 
you know, this this bloated squad that they've got. They're going to have to get rid of some. Um, but I think Pochettino, from what was out there, is about as good as it could have got. And to end this season with optimism is about as much as Chelsea could have hoped for right now. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think there's a, you know, the other part of this is kind of looking at how he'll approach this. And my question to you was going to be, who will he look to sign? And in that kind of regard, is there going to be this open checkbook that's been the policy at Chelsea for the last couple of transfer windows? Because it feels like that's unsustainable. Yeah, I mean, it can't be an open checkbook anymore. I mean, the the big factor, the glaring issue of the team is obviously the striker. They don't have one and they haven't scored enough goals this season. So it's impossible that nobody at Chelsea has thought of the fact that Mauricio Pochettino and Harry Kane are very close Hmm. and they worked very well together. And Harry Kane not yet signed his new contract with Tottenham. So while like there hasn't been any actual progress along that, it's going to be something that's spoken about. Um, There was a story yesterday in the Telegraph about Man United doing their due diligence around Harry Kane and what the terms of signing him would be. Would it be a hundred million pounds? Could it be possibly less? Um, And it'll be interesting if an offer goes in for Kane from even Man United, because Levy's got a question to answer then, you know, a hundred million pound itch to scratch, Mm. um, as it could be. He's got one year left. I mean, this is it. This is the summer. Yeah. And so if United then get involved, it's hard to believe Chelsea would completely ignore the situation. Um, I, I can't imagine Harry Kane in a Chelsea shirt at all. I couldn't imagine Pochettino in the dugout either. And here we are. So like, I know it's a little bit different. Kane's Tottenham reputation would be totally tarnished. Um, But it would have to be spoken about. There are still options. Christopher and Konku's joining the summer. I've been told that like, while most people expect him to be a wide forward, there's always been a possibility they could play a nine role. And they've still got Romelu Lukaku on the books. Everything uncertain on that front, but by no means has he totally given up on having a Chelsea career for a third time. So, yeah, there's a lot to consider there. Yeah, I mean, this is it. And it takes quite nicely on to the next point, Sam. I was going to ask how this team would set up. And I, I know you have views and, and, and I want to hear them about how Pochettino is perceived within the differing regions of this world. But that number nine problem has been the issue for Chelsea. And I imagine that Chelsea fans would want to hear us discuss it because the options there are now quite a strange bunch because, yes... There's Lukaku potentially coming back from a loan. There's the option of another striker. We've been told for months that Chelsea have been tracking Victor Osimhen for a long, long time. Whether they can afford him or not is a different question. Whether he would come or not is a different question. Then there's the kind of Christopher Nkunku thing that's, that's in the background. Yes, he can play in a number of positions. And also Armando Broja will come back at some point and look to stamp his authority and mark upon this Chelsea team. And then there's sort of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang kicking around in the background, which we're just not sure what that looks like. There's rumours that Barcelona want him. I'm not quite sure why they would do that, but here we are. There's a lot to consider in this one position alone. Yeah, you've forgotten uh, David Datro Fafana. Um, Indeed. And you've forgotten uh, that Raheem Sterling can play as the nine, kind of. No, I mean, look, there's just there's just bodies and bodies and, 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 and new faces everywhere, right? So, yeah, they've, they've struggled to get a handle on this. The thing is, with a... With a with a with a modern football side like the, the the striker really does shape the rest of the team because it sort of instructs how you want to play like you have to use a Kylian Mbappe differently to a Harry Kane and those are the last two strikers that he has had so 
putting your finger on exactly what Pochettino would do with this team is very, very difficult because, first of all, it's been a while since he's managed. As Dean said, he's taken a bit of time out of the game. I'd love to know what he's learned and what he's reflected on there. But it also means that you're sort of scratching the back of your head and, and trying to trying to find those those further reaches of your brain. Like, how did how did Pochettino's teams used to set up? It's it's been a little while. Um, in the Premier League, in particular, he has generally loved the four two three one formation, and it's generally worked wonders. At Tottenham and at Saints, he produced a really really good energetic high pressing team with a good focal point striker and then like a support striker, like a floating player just off him. So maybe not like a number 10, but more like an actual second striker. So this was Deli Alley at Tottenham. And I mean, maybe, maybe genuinely that's Raheem Sterling, but Raheem Sterling can obviously stretch the pitch wide as well. Or it's Christopher Nkunku, which would be my immediate thought. Or it's Nkunku for sure, who is a brilliant second striker. I mean, we've just, we've been watching him play off, off a big man, at Leipzig, you know, playing off Andre Silva brilliantly. So they, that, that's an option there. But then there's a part of me that's like, well, hang on a minute. Look at look at Mason Mount, who would presumably love Pochettino. He would probably get Mason Mount back to what he is best at. He is that kind of counter-pressing number 10, the very tactically intelligent, highly energetic player who can also chip in with goals and assists. You know, Pochettino used... He used his 10 slightly wider at Tottenham. He used 4-2-3-1, played Delhi in the middle, and then he used to use Ericsson just off the off the right flank or the left flank. And then he'd have the fullbacks bombing forward. And do you remember when he joined PSG, we were like, they need to get him some new fullbacks, man. These fullbacks aren't going to work. Like whatever they had at the time, Juan Bernat and Kozawa, whatever it was, we were like, get get this man some proper fullbacks. And, you know, he'd just come from a situation where he had, you know, Carl Walker, Danny Rose. Before that, he was the making of Luke Shaw at Southampton. He was the one that gave him his full, first full season and built the team around Luke Shaw, travelling up the pitch with the ball. So again, I'm looking at this Chelsea team. I'm thinking they've got Mason Mount. Fantastic. Absolutely perfect for Pochettino. They've got someone like Nkunku, maybe, who can be that second, that Deli Alley-like presence. They've got a really good midfield core of Enzo Fernandez and Kante, if it's fit. And then the fullbacks, like Ben Chilwell and Reese James, is an absolute dream for a manager like Mauricio Pochettino. Probably need to figure a few things out in goal and up front. Maybe there's a conversation to be had at centre-back as well. You know, Thiago Silva keeps carrying on. He's absolutely amazing, but they've got, they've got a lot of centre-backs. And if they move full-time to a back four, could they push on with Badi Yashil and, and Fafana or something? I don't know. Yeah, a lot of questions there, probably at the top of the bottom of the team. But in Pochettino's pretty classic-looking shape, a lot of this Chelsea team, about 75% of it, looks really good. I'd like to take it on to kind of what Poch's reputation looks like these days, because it's a very different thing depending on whether you're looking at him from a perspective of the Premier League or a League R perspective, Sam. Yeah, I mean, I was doing some some reading around the you know the end at PSG this morning, uh, just before we we came on to talk about this. You know, just to refresh my memory a bit, and some of the articles I read, and they're from very reputable sources and, and very good journalists. There were words like embarrassment and failure used. That was those are some of the words that were used to describe his tenure. Which I mean, I guess you know if you lose the title to Lille. Um, and you do what you do what they did against Real Madrid in the Champions League, the ridiculous late collapse. And there was a stretch in which he, I think, he failed to win. He failed to win a lot of away games, and he didn't win away at any of the top nine teams in Liga. 
or something like that. So nothing was perfect, absolutely nothing. And there's a prevailing theory that he got by on Mbappe's brilliance and just bailing him out of situations. So his reputation in France, despite you know stepping in as a well a, an esteemed coach and having captained PSG about two decades beforehand, so having that feel for the club, he's not come out of it very well. And his reputation in England could not be more different. Like I think we've all come to appreciate even more so later on down the line what a genius job he did at Tottenham. And that's not to say that anyone was saying that he was overrated or, or average at Tottenham to first base, but watching like Jose Mourinho and Antonio Conte come in and struggle to get anywhere close to where he was and then unceremoniously leave, it only makes you appreciate Pochettino even more for what he was able to do working under Daniel Levy, working with those spending restraints. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure that everyone in England should be buzzing to see Pochettino back. And I'm not surprised that Chelsea fans are more than happy to see him potentially take the reins. But yeah, the reputation between England and France could barely be more different. Yeah, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. It's interesting, and and it's an interesting thing that you mentioned Spurs there because I kind of wanted to take it on to this as as the final point here. What are Spurs feeling right now? Because this is a side who have just sacked an interim manager. They've appointed an interim to the interim in Ryan Mason <laughs> taking over from Christian Stellini. We're looking at a, a club that, in the midst of a season where Liverpool have really struggled, where Chelsea have been at points a laughing stock. It still is quite incredible that Tottenham managed to be the most dramatically sad team in the country. And that sounds like an exaggeration considering that they're fifth in the league. And I know there's been a little bit of backlash about like, oh, how bad can it be when you're fifth in the league? But there are moments here where you're looking at them and going, what is going on in there? And the mm. fact that Levy decided he didn't want to talk to Pochettino, Dean, and now he's looking across or down the road to the King's Road, and seeing Chelsea set to a point, their former manager, the man that's brought them to the you know the closest point to glory that we've seen for Spurs in some time. What must Levy be thinking about this? Yeah. And what must Spurs fans be thinking? Yeah, I mean, he'd obviously be a little nervous, Daniel Levy, about the fact that Chelsea have gone down this route and where are the facts that like he, he could be very successful with that group of players and the backing that he's got and the ambition that that club have got. So, yeah, could be an egg on the face moment, but um, all he can really do is make sure that he at least matches this appointment, potentially even betters it. Like he's got to make sure that he's got two jobs available at the moment and both of them have to be filled. Obviously, Paratici's not involved now. And that means that if Tottenham are going to look to evolve further and get like that other sporting director type person come in, that person's got to be right to go with whatever manager is coming in. And at least those two roles are available now at the same time so that you can marry the two up and make sure that their visions would fit each other. The top, the problem that they had coming into the manager search previously was that, you know, Pochettino would have wanted a more overarching ownership of team affairs and, and big decisions. And that was difficult if Paratici was going to be there because it's kind of his remit, a lot of that stuff that, that, Pochettino would have wanted to get involved in and ultimately that's why Tottenham were having to kind of look be a bit more open-minded than to go to him but now if you see you know Luis Enrique or Julian Nagelsmann who would work best with those guys like obviously like they are they are both great managers like they could both be very successful if they can crack the Tottenham code um, but what's also as equally important is the guy that 
they're going to be working with on a day-to-day basis and in transfer windows and stuff. And if that's somebody like Monchi, there's somebody like Paul Mitchell, I don't know who it's going to be, but that is an equally important appointment. And it's not, it could be great. It could yet be great. But Tottenham fans will be very sceptical of it being great because the decision-making that Daniel Levy typically makes is, has not been good. Um, he's, he's got through a lot of managers. He's got a lot of things wrong. And he hasn't ever given them the, the big silverware that they've really craved. And it's got to happen now. Like this, this really can't go too badly wrong. At the moment, he's got Ryan Mason in the dugout. And I'm sorry, uh, lovely bloke. But ain't cutting it, is it? Like that, you can you can get by with these little decisions, like a paper over the cracks all the time. But suddenly, we can all see the damage at this at this club right now, and they need massive repair work. Yeah, Dean's kind of talking about relationship there between manager and, and hierarchy and director of football, and to to bring it back to uh, to Chelsea and to Pochettino here, it's something that they're going to need to get right because. Pochettino had difficulties at PSG. It's one of the reasons that it didn't quite go so well is that he and Leonardo, who was the the sporting director at the time, director of football, did not see eye to eye at all, according to reports. I think think actually very few people saw eye to eye with Leonardo. He didn't seem like the easiest man to work with. And then, of course, you've got the, the general interference of, you know, the actual ownership of the club, the constant presence of like Nasser Al Khalifi, the, the president, is a really important figure. Again, some of the reports I was reading is you know, Pochettino wanted to go in one direction with regard to maybe like discipline uh, and upholding standards and a couple of times was maybe told to leave it and to not. So that's that's a basic case of being undermined as a manager and like every, everybody would struggle in this scenario. Now, what do we know about Chelsea over the last year? Not particularly well run. Todd Burley kept texting Thomas Tuchel. Todd Burley apparently walked into the dressing room recently. I mean, like, you know, Frank Lampard might be okay with this because he's just there for, you know, giggles and vibes. He's the he's the caretaker to the end of the season. If Pochettino wants to come in from June and actually make this a serious football team again and, and make it so that it can compete, you've got to cut that out because he's already struggled with that at PSG and it's one of the reasons why it didn't quite go so well. Everybody needs to take their lessons from this. And as much as Pochettino needs to help Chelsea, they also need to help him out a little bit as well. And I would be saying this regardless of who the manager they chose would be like you have to behave professionally and maintain those barriers to make sure that this can work and the last job Pochettino had didn't work partially because of this so be careful yeah I mean I think there's there may be a secondary interesting point on that which is Pochettino is not in a job this is not like when Eric Ten Hag was announced around this time as Manchester United manager for the following season because he was still running you know, the rest of the season with Ajax. This is a man who currently is without a post. If you're Chelsea, do you bring him in immediately? Because I think I would. I think you'd give him these six, seven games to the end of the season to just try and work out exactly you know, who he wants and what he's seeing. Or do you give him that clean break, fresh start in the summer? I mean, as we're recording this, we, you know, by the time it goes out soon, we might, we might actually know the answer to this. But... Um... Just from from what I've heard, it, it seems unlikely he does come in immediately. Um, although someone suggested to me earlier that he would still be expected to be around the place. I don't know that that's a good working condition and good environment either for Frank Lampard. Like, what's he getting out of this if Pochettino's lurking around? Lampard's doing terribly. Like, I don't think that could work anyway. So, well, as far as I understand, the intention is not to bring him in, you know, 
ASAP, I think they kind of kind of have to. You know, if they can persuade him to to at least get a grip and be involved in some way this season, I think they probably should. Um, because otherwise, I, I don't really see how it benefits Chelsea at all to just let this season dwindle. I think Frank Lampard kind of just gets almost embarrassing. And like, it's a bit, you know, like, what's he supposed to do if he knows that Pochettino's around the place? He's making the decisions, but he's being judged by Pochettino, who's a better manager, better coach. Mm. Uh, I, I don't see that how that how that could possibly work. So you're right; it is very interesting, and they they probably should, if they can, get him to start. Yeah. Well, now, <laughs> right uh, no, now. <laughs> but I'll t- I'll take the other perspective on this. If I'm Pochettino, who is an equal party in this decision. I, yeah. I want nothing to do with this absolute bonfire 100%. of a season. Like, yeah. do not tarnish me with everything that has happened. I'll take over in June next yeah. season. This one yeah. ain't nothing to do with me. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, it, it's going to be interesting to see how it pans out. Um, but with that, I think it's probably time that we call it a day. So all that's left for me to do is to say thank you very much to our rank god, Mr. Samtai. Cheers, buddy. Thank you very much to our transfer guru, Mr. Dean Jones. Cheers, mate. I've been Jack Collins, Name of Hearts. This has been Ranks FC on Mauricio Pochettino's potential appointment as the next manager of Chelsea Football Club. Who'd have thunk it? Take it easy, gang. Peace. At Kroger, we know the minute a tomato is picked, the fresh timer starts. The sooner we get our produce to you, the fresher it is. That's why we've shortened the time from harvest to home for our tasty tomatoes, strawberries, and salads. So no matter how you shop, you have more time with your fresh produce. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Final seconds of the game. A chance to score and... The chance has gone begging. If your business's commerce platform keeps missing the target on golden opportunities, get the MVP you deserve. Get Shopify. (coughs) Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're a garage entrepreneur or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool that you need to start, run and grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. So whether you're selling signed football boots from Shopify's in-person POS system or you're vending vintage shirts on Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform, you are covered. And once you've reached your audience, Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout to help you turn them from browsers to buyers. What I love about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US. And Shopify is truly a global force, powering Allbirds, Rothies, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across over 170 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ranks, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com forward slash ranks to take your business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash ranks.